Profit Podcast. I'm Hayley Jarrick, CEO of the Supply Chain Sustainability School, and today I'm joined by Monique Lissenheim. <laughs> Hi, Welcome, <Hayley>. Monique. <laughs> great, to be, great to be here. Uh, so I'm going to jump straight into it because we've got a few questions that we want to get in and ask you, um, and I think I'll give you some time to be able to answer them as well. But I think the first one is to point out that Monique is one of my bosses, for want of a better word, um, and she's on the board of the Supply Chain Sustainability School. Um, so my first question is going to be, well, why? Why are you on the board of the school? Uh, yeah, well, look, um, sustainability and supply chains really have been a theme of my work life so far. Um, I started with a short um, stint in procurement, in corporate procurement, which I really, um, really liked. Um, I then added some studies in sustainability management. So that's where the sustainability came in and um, specifically looked at um, sustainable public procurement during that time, which was really, really um, very immature at the time and probably still has a, lo- a long way to go. Um and then I um, worked for the Worldwide Fund for Nature, WWF, and worked with corporate partnerships on their own supply chains. So, um, for example, we work with them on forestry products, on seafood, um, really to make sure that they are aware of the impact of their supply chains and how they can make them really sustainable. So um, and now I'm working with the Infrastructure Sustainability Council as head of market development and um, there's a lot of crossover between our stakeholders and audiences and um, the sustainability uh, supply chain um, school. So, um, yeah, it's just really well aligned. <laughs> and we're really grateful to have you on the board. I think we've got a really nice working dynamic in our board at the moment of um, great diversity. Um, the school's setting off in some really good directions. So I'm appreciative for you spending your time to be on the board um, and contributing to everything that we do. Um, but, like, you've got a really diverse background. Like I said, you work at the Infrastructure Sustainability Council um, and with all things happening in supply chain, all things happening in infrastructure and all things happening just everywhere around the world in 2023 of just those macro factors. But the next thing I wanted to ask you is what are three things that people should look out for in 2023? Mm, yeah. I mean, one thing that I'm quite um, following quite closely, both with personal interest and also professionally, is AI, artificial intelligence. And now we've got this situation where it's made pretty accessible to everyone, not just organizations and, and programmers, but you can open your chat box and uh, you, you ask AI some questions and then you get some answers. Um, so we can start to see what it's capable of and start using it and, and also see what the limitations are. Um, there are probably quite a few risks, um, associated with I, uh, AI, but I also see lots of opportunities. So, I mean, one is that you, you can probably see AI as a massive resource to help you crawl lots of data and content and really distill the essence of it. And, um, that's, probably going to re- revolutionize you know how we how we search the internet how we you know find out about sustainable solutions um you know when we bring it back to what we're working on um that's one thing and then in terms of of um infrastructure um which we're working on um it really opens a lot of opportunities in terms of um you know smart cities um sensing when maintenance is due um, managing energy expenditure and all of those things. And it's, um, 
really exciting um, because it, it'll help with the sustainability journey as well as if these things can be optimized. So um, that's certainly one of the things that I'm looking at. Um, the second one is um, probably investment in energy infrastructure. Um, which is, I think, is, is really taking up now, now that we've got the um, climate targets firmly in place. Um, a lot of potential renewable energy zones have been identified. So I think there's going to be a huge amount of um, public investment and that's going to leverage private investment. And that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. From our perspective, we obviously want to see that infrastructure being built in a very sustainable way. Because just because it's renewable energy doesn't necessarily make it sustainable. Um, so that's, that's really important for us. And, um, it's really something I'm looking forward to, um, making a bit of a deep dive in. Um, so that's number two. And then, um, I guess related to that, um, you would be very familiar with that. The third trend is probably just an explosion in the demand for capability in, in terms of all things sustainability. Um, yeah, the, I mean, there's, there's labor shortages in a lot of areas, um, specifically in construction in our area and in sustainability, which is uh, an interesting challenge. Um, if you started 20 years ago in the sector, you really had to constantly justify your existence and really make sure you get some time uh, on the agenda. And now it seems to be quite the opposite. Um, yeah, the organizations can't find enough sustainability professionals. So it, it also makes me think that it's probably something that will turn from, from a quite a specialist role into a more general, um, skill, like, you know, using, using IT or accounting, um, as part of like the general skill set of somebody working in, in corporate. For most cases, I think sustainability needs to become pretty, mainstream and, and probably will uh, pretty mainstream that at least a general understanding as it sort of gets more into the targets of the organizations and, and um, what they're doing. So, yeah, I think those would be my three big things to look out for. And we can help with that, of course, with the last one. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, and, you know, it can't be surprising that you would pick three things that you're involved in because that's obviously why I invited you on to ask you those questions. And I think that, um, you know, full disclosure, I used to work for the Infrastructure Sustainability Council many years ago mm-hmm. um, and a big believer in um, sustainability rating schemes actually going beyond compliance and pushing the top of the industry to be better at what it does. But for those that aren't familiar with what that means, I mean, you touched on there around uh, renewable energy isn't always sustainable. So what types of things does the uh, the IS rating scheme look for when it rates that infrastructure that's different from just saying, well, it must be good because it's renewable? That's right. Yeah. So um, basically the scheme uh, looks at um, the quadruple bottom line, ecological, social, governance and economic um, performance. Um, so across those four areas, we've got a number of categories from energy expenditure and waste management and um, uh, all of those things that are really closely aligned with the sustainable development goals. So, <clears throat> and the scheme um, certifies projects um, depending on how well they perform across those categories and also looks at materiality. And that means that we're really um, <clears throat> looking at each project individually and looking at, okay, what are the most material factors when you build a road that might be very different to when you build um, an energy trans- transmission 
um, type of infrastructure. So um, we've got the materiality, and then depending on the performance um, against the certain criteria, the um, assets get rated and um, awarded certification levels, and that makes them comparable. So you can actually compare the sustainability of a road with a um, an airport or a water treatment plant once they've gone through that process. So it's pretty pretty wide ranging. Yeah, and I think the other aspect that I think is not just the topics that it covers, because I think that some people who think sustainability might think uh, or just have one particular aspect of sustainability in mind. So it could be, is it renewable? It could be, does it is it circular? It could be, you know, do you is it waste energy or very popular? How much carbon emissions would it emit is sort of where most people sort of centre to. But I also think that what sets the scheme apart and what's really important to sort of look at in that space too is the stage of the life cycle of the project. So I think that mm. one of the big fans that I'm of of the IS rating scheme is that there's it sets into stages. So when you're planning, you can get the best tools for that. When you're designing it, you can get the best tools for that. When you're constructing it, it's a whole separate set of ratings and operating it, right? So we get these, you know, we hear a lot and we've done a few different um, series of talking to people around, you know, sometimes all of those stages don't necessarily communicate with each other. (laughs) That's Um, right. (laughs) Absolutely, that's right. And the earlier you start, so ideally in the early stage and planning stages, the higher the impact, because once something is planned, you already know whether you're building a road or um, a railway, right? So, and sometimes that's, you know, you, 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 you're best off to start with, okay, what do we actually want to achieve? We want to get people from A to B. So road is not necessarily always the only option. So if you start really early in, in the concept stage, planning stage, that's where you have the biggest impact. Once that is done, there's, less impact that you can have in the design and obviously if you don't do the design then in the construction that all follows through so yeah the earlier the better so we we do um start from planning yeah and i also really like the way that your scheme interacts with other schemes so i think i'm like the school's really big on collaboration and obviously we work together in a number of different ways between the school and the isd around how we can then work together in improving sustainability throughout the industry um but i really like the way that the scheme sort of touches on other schemes so if you're a material manufacturer um and you're getting an epd that's then recognized within the scheme it's not like you need to do another competing factor it's all let's look at what's best practice out there and integrate it um you produce guides with the green building council of australia to say look if you're getting your whole infrastructure but there are buildings individually as part of that major project you can here's how the two align so that you can work with other building infrastructure um and of course then in terms of even dealing with suppliers i really like the way that the is um the i supply system actually then helps all those people that you know it's it's sometimes it can feel really overwhelming if you think like billion dollar infrastructure projects but all I do is I sell this one little piece or I have this one little service um, that is great and is and, and it should be used but it's not it's not the entirety of it but it can make a massive difference and then how do you get those innovative things in you know feeding into a lot of these projects so that every teaspoon adds up to be a giant ocean um, of change in the world as well so it's, it's I love yeah. the way that, it, that the system has evolved and included lots of people through that supply chain as well yeah absolutely I mean um, even with the best ex- uh, um, intentions sometimes just knowledge is the barrier and if you're not um, if, you, if you're not aware of what alternatives are out there, for example, um, cement, you know, there are much more um, environmentally friendly 
forms of cement now. Um, but you need to be aware of that. So um, where we can, we're really keen to help with that as well. Yeah, I really like the way that it does that. So I suppose then, so tapping on for those, those are three massive things, right? Like I actually really nerd out around artificial intelligence um, and the way that <laughs> that can be potentially used in the future. <laughs> We can probably talk and after this. From a personal productivity <laughs> point of view, but you know, just the whole yeah. how can it be used for good and not evil? You know, I think oh, exactly. you know a lot of the <laughs> resci-fi movie on Earth will tell you how you know it's going to evolve and be used for evil. But I think that like anything, it's just a tool and it can be used both ways. So how can we tap into that to try and uh, for the betterment um, of humanity and the Earth? Which I know sounds really grandiose, but I think there's some massive opportunities in that. Um, but then even touching through on those labor shortages, I think that's, I don't think people truly appreciate just how dire that is. Like, um, I get hit up a lot on LinkedIn for if I'm interested in a whole stack of different sustainability opportunities because anybody who knows anything about this space is in hot demand. Um, and if you know a lot about a specific area of it, you're even in higher demand. So I can imagine that the, um, the IS accredited professionals is definitely something that's in hot demand. Um, because if you know the ins and outs of the scheme and how to get ratings and, um, and the intricacies of that and staying on top of that is just such a, a massive personal thing that people should be investing in. Um, especially, like you said, there's billions of dollars of infrastructure coming into Australia um, at the moment. So tapping into all of that and tapping into the success of that's really important. Um, and I did notice that Talent Nation have just put out um, their 2023 remuneration report. Um, I highly recommend anybody mm. who's thinking about joining <laughs> the sustainability profession to jump on. Donate your $50 and have a look at the report um, and then you might want to switch to a field in sustainability exactly. and get some training, right? <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm going to tell you what the outcome of that is I would never steal their thunder but um it's probably worth a look <laughs> yeah no totally agree just, and yeah yeah and on the on the um you know the ISAP um accreditation that um you can achieve with the ISC I think when you think about infrastructure sustainability that can, can sound like a massive elephant to eat right where do you even start and I think um, being certified and knowing how to use the tool, it really breaks it down for you. What are all the areas that you want to look into and how do you prove that you've improved the performance across them? So it's, it's a really systematic, um, approach and helps to tackle that. Definitely. So I'm going to, um, bring it back to you for the last question. Um, and sort of really think about you've had a massive journey and worked at a lot of really influential places and come to a really point now where I, re I really value your expertise and the types of information that you have uh, access to and the networks that you have access to. And so with all of that, what would you tell your younger self? Like what's one thing that you wish your younger self knew? Um, speaking of expertise, I guess, um, I think there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. And you can um, acquire knowledge pretty fast. You just have to put in some hard work, obviously, and time. Um, but wisdom is really acquired through a journey. And as a young person, you don't necessarily know what the distinction is. <laughs> and you think because you learn stuff, you know it all. But really, it's the lived experience that um, that really um, creates this 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 you know. I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm wise, but I'm certainly wiser than I was when I started <laughs> working. So I think, um, that's, and that's a very exciting thing. Um, and, um, yeah, 
looking forward what what um where it leads me um so yeah i, I would say that's just yeah wisdom is, is earned uh, through experience and knowledge is a little bit easier to achieve i would say <laughs> That's an amazing thing. I really like that quote that you used to that like wisdom is acquired through a journey. And it's kind of, you know, it is a quest. Life is a, just one big, amazing quest. Um, and the more adventures you take, the more wisdom you'll gain along that journey. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, I think some of the, some of the, the hardest things that I've ever lived through have given me the most wisdom. Um, and I wouldn't exchange them for anything because of the wisdom that I've earned from that journey. So I think you're mm. spot on with that one. And I think if that's not the quote of the day, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recognize when, you know, when you, when you're 20 and you, you hear this stuff from older people, um, <laughs> um, that you don't necessarily, um, feel like that's any valuable advice, but, um, you know, coming, 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 uh, that along that path, it, it, it does make you change and appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I don't think I would have listened to it either. I would have heard it and gone, sure. That's just something old people say so they can exactly. try and get up on the younger people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no but serious. <laughs> um, I do remember writing as part of a uni assignment at some point. Um, like uh, a personal development plan for emotional intelligence. And I remember I actually went back and looked at it the other day and I said, oh, well, one of um, what, what are you going to do to gain more emotional intelligence? I said, well, I need to get older. And I, you know, <laughs> what are your barriers to doing that? Like nothing really. I've just got to live. That's, that's me in five years time. That's, that's the only answer really. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's like go out mm. there, try, fail, <laughs> you know, learn, move on. It's kind of, it's just fun. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's really fun to be able to tap into that. And that's something you can never tell. Well, I don't think I'll, yeah, you can't really appreciate it until you've lived it. So, so I'm going to call it quits from that under conversation. Otherwise we will just talk all day and we've got plenty of other things that we need to do. And there's definitely, um, time to bring Monique back and talk about a lot of other topics in the future. Um, especially with her. Uh, incredible wisdom that you can share with everybody as they're coming through. So, Monique, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, very welcome. And, um, yeah, um, looking forward to nerding out um, outside of this uh, on AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening to the People, Planet, Profit podcast. Until our next episode, goodbye. Thank you. Bye.